Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon, evening, sorry everyone. Welcome along to the Friday night uh, podcast with the Rangers Rabble. My name's Brian, I'm hosting tonight. Been a while since I've hosted, but uh, here we are. I'm joined by Scott. Scott, how are we? I'm alright, Brian. It's a Friday night. Not happy I'm working in the morning, but at least I finish at one to head to the game. So that's a bit of relief, but I'm not happy I'm working. My, my Saturday on the morrow, and I'm not happy. <laughs> Well, I'm the same as you. I'm working, so it means I can't go. So I'm absolutely spewing I can't go. Richie, how are we? Friday night as usual? Yes, yeah, the, the usual appointment for us, isn't it? Yeah, no, all good. Looking forward to a good chat. Um, and I'm not working tomorrow, so yeah, fantastic. <laughs> lucky you, lucky you, yeah. Socrates, I'm in charge, yep. Look out, look out. Lewis, how are we? I'm a bit fuming, to be honest. Um, I booked a wee meal at tomorrow at 3pm, forgetting that, that the Famous were playing at 3, and the Formula 1 is back at 3 o'clock as well, so I'm not a happy lad. But we move, we move. <laughs> that's, uh, that's double bad planning if ever I've ever seen it. Definitely. But uh, yeah, it's Friday night, so get your questions in. If there's anything you want specifically asked, we will go over the the press conference, the injury list, the game from Wednesday, and then we will preview, obviously, tomorrow's game against Motherwell. So we'll start with you, Scott. Uh, the injury list just gets added to again with, obviously, the news that Cortez has got to see a specialist. <laughs> we just don't see if we catch a break. There's a guy that st- starts to play well, and then he gets hit with an injury. It's just never ending, Brian, is it? It's just we seem to be the most one of the most unluckiest teams about for injuries. They bring guys in in January, they get injured, they've got guys here for years are injured. It doesn't matter when they come in, they seem to just take a bad injury. Hopefully it's not too bad. They said it was a muscle strain, didn't they? A muscle pull, so we're hoping it's nothing serious and maybe after this Saturday's a wee break, so maybe after that he could maybe be back in contention. But He's been playing really well since he's come in. He's settled in very quickly. He looks lively. He's getting involved. He's great and he's scoring. So hopefully he's not out for too long. Yeah, Richie, I mean, he, he came on, I think it was St. Johnson, um, and then he got his goal against Hearts, played really well against Hearts, like everybody did. Uh, and then he always, obviously the first half against uh, Kilman, it wasn't great, but he started to play well in the second. And then all of a sudden, for no reason, he pulled up and, started holding his hamstring, didn't he? Yeah, and you're exactly right. He's made some impact since he's come into the team. I don't think any of us could have have hoped for him to have quite the impact that he's had, even though we're excited by the signing. He's just got that directness to his game. He's 
it, it feels like he can always make things happen. He's not afraid to shoot. He can bring others into play. He's just exactly what we need in in one of those three behind the, the striker. And it's the, the same old tale. I mean, I don't know what to make from Big Phil's comments. Obviously, we'd like him to be available, but I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking the worst just because you hear specialists. I mean, it might well be that the medical team are just consulting somebody just to see about, you know, best methods of recovery or something. I, I do, we're speculating here and, and in areas that we know very little about, of course, but I'm just, I'm thinking, as Scott said, if we're looking at a few weeks, maybe three weeks, then after tomorrow, uh, we haven't got another league game for 15 days. So we'd only be missing the cup game because uh, he's not registered for the Euro squad anyway. So if we're, if we're looking on the bright side, which is hard to do with our injuries at the moment, then at least that's um, that's something. But it was actually, uh, it, it was Lawrence that I was kind of really sort of eagerly waiting to hear on. I mean, not that you want to to see any injuries, of course, but that, yeah, that was the one that I was was really worried about. But of course you want them. You want them all available at this crucial time of the season, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And Lewis, I'm just going to read out the sort of list that we've got injured just now. Uh, Danilo, uh, Dowell, Matondo's been sort of posted missing, Sima, uh, Campwell, and you can add Cortes to that list, and you could argue 90% or maybe all of that sort of injury list would start. It's not just that, Brian. I think if you, if you you know, do a wee bit of a deeper dive into the length of time that some of these players have been injured, it's been months at a time. Yeah. You know, Danilo will be almost a full season. You know, we had in the past Katic, Hadji, Tom Lawrence was over a season as well. I'd like somebody to do some research and find out if there's a team across Europe in the last two or three seasons that have had a, a worse injury list than, than Rangers because it's it's frightening. And, and it's a shame for, for Cortez because I think he really was starting to find his feet. Um, he's probably the first player that I've watched and, you know, gets me up off my seat at Ibrox. You know, the likes are... Um, Ryan Kent, I don't think we've really had anybody to come in and replace that that type of player, and he certainly was showing some form like that. And it's it's a shame about Europe as well. You know, I actually forgot I was a bit more upset considering that he was missing for Europe, but I completely forgot he wasn't registered. So that's another thing we can thank the the Cockney car salesman, as, as Kerr likes to call him. But listen, let's just hope it's not a long term number because he, he he's a young boy, and you don't want this to start becoming a theme. No, certainly not. And as JD says, Scott, even Wolverine would get injured at Rangers. I mean, <laughs> the man that's you know unkillable, pretty much, and he would he would get he would get injured, wouldn't he? It just seems to be when players are about a form. There's Campbell. He started the season on and off it with Bill and Charles, then Clement come in and been taking off early, then coming back into the team and. Give you a bit of groans for the stands, but that. And then he found his form in the last few games. He scored a couple, he's looked good, he gets an injury. Cortez has just went to clubs, he's starting to settle, been involved, scored, been involved in things. Injured Lawrence, I was a bit of a bitchy when he came off, but I think it was more precaution than it was anything else because he's obviously available for tomorrow, but I don't think he'll probably play all the match. You've got Ryan Jack just back to injury, Roof's in and out constantly, he's probably more out than he is in, but it's just. It's no great because we have got a big massive squad of players, but majority of them seem to be missing most of the time, don't they? And yeah. I don't think I can't even remember the last manager we had that had a full squad of players to pick. For. To be honest with you, to say this is my full squad here, but it's my strongest eleven. It's been that long. Yeah, I mean, Richie, certainly from I'll speak for myself and Scott with the sort of elder statesman of you know the the pod. You know, when when we got long term injuries back in the day, it was broken legs or you know stuff like that. Because um, back in the day, broken legs were really quite serious jobs. Whereas now, a broken leg, you can you you could probably argue you could be back within about eight weeks. You know, you just with the changes to medical sort of treatment and rehabilitation. But we get innocuous injuries. We don't get you know AC. Well, we don't get ACLs as such, but we just get these injuries. That's I wouldn't say they're unexplainable, but we very really know what the crux of them are, do we? No, no, and as like as Lewis mentioned earlier, a lot of the time it's these kind of muscular things that you, you hear two or three weeks, and then that turns into four or five, into six, and then no one's really 
saying anything. You always seem as if they're on the cusp of getting back into the um, into contention, and but then they just they don't come back. But I, it, it 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 does make you wonder, doesn't it? You know what that how much of it is you know these kind of whatever regimes that we're, we're involved in phil talked about it when he first came in that he was surprised by some of our uh, protocols at the time you, you, you don't know how much of that is genuinely shocking or was he just trying to sort of impose himself as having some different ideas i guess we'll we're not close enough to know that, but it's it certainly like it, it's either horrendous luck or or there's something going on. I mean, with Cantwell, he, you feel as if he does take a fair amount of um, kicking about on the park. You know, he doesn't get any anywhere near the protection he needs. But I suppose we'll always have an element of that when we're playing teams that are just trying to rough things up and um, uh, and cancel out our threats. But yeah, it. it it, it needs to be looked at because really like if you it even it seems to be like in in, in different spells you know we had um a couple of seasons ago that was it was the the forwards we've said absolutely nobody and then you know more recently it's been you know four or five midfield positions where we've just had like barely any alternatives and it it we've still got a few options with the formation that phil likes to play but uh, we need all the options that we could possibly muster at the moment when we're still fighting in Europe we're still in the Scottish Cup and we've got the um the, the league challenge so yeah I, I'm not sure um I, I'm not sure what's at the the root of it but I'm pretty confident that Phil will um will get to the bottom of it you know he, he was so strong on it when he first came in I think it give him give him a pre-season and get some more of his staff in maybe um and we might see things changing but yeah it it certainly couldn't get much worse could it no, certainly not. And Lewis, one that I'm wanting to sh- show you here. What makes you injury prone? Goldson and Tavernier never seem to get injured. Now, these guys, those sp- specific guys, play week in, week out. Uh, they're almost bulletproof. I-, I appreciate they play defense and they're not either midfield or attackers. So, you know, they're not as, they're not using their, they're, they're not like the hard tackles in the midfield. They're not using the, spring and the, the, the explosive acceleration like a, a winger perhaps does. But those two never get injured. But somehow, for some reason, the other guys do. It's, it seems weird, doesn't it? I think, you know, listen, none of us are, are sports scientists on the podcast, so to get into the, the specifics on, you know, how it affects like certain players in terms of their muscle density or, or their bone structure and, and, and as stuff like that it's just your genetics that there's guys like Kamar Roof that he must have a genetic thing that's carried on throughout his lineage to, to just stop him being able to be at full fitness whereas James Tavernier is the complete other end of the scale and then you need to add in some variables as well like Adam Ramsey for example had that horrible leg break he had one good spell couple of seasons after that the rest of his career was was just absolutely hampered by injury so, th- so that that's the worry when somebody like Yanis Hadji or or to, um sorry Tom Lawrence who had that year out you just you, you feel that there is a possibility they'll never be the same player mm-hmm. so uh, it's, it's just so difficult it's, it's very very complicated it's different for every player but we have certainly been plagued with, with some real bad luck in the last few seasons. And I think regarding the, you know, Philip Clement, I think what he's brought in terms of the injury situation is just a bit of communication, a bit of clarity. You know, Steven Gerrard was the opposite. He was very tight-lipped on injuries because it just wasn't in his mindset to let the fans know or let the opposition team know when or if a player is going to be available. Michael Beale was maybe the other end of the scale where they would tell us every press conference that somebody was coming back, but they would still be six months away. Philippe Clement is just honest. He said in the press conference today there was no there was no pussyfoot number at it was Cortez. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. As soon as we know yet, we'll let you know. And that's just an, another another facet to to the man that is Philippe Clement. But you just hope that it really, really it does start to to wind and down now that We've got a bit more uh, emphasis on, you know, speaking with the, the medical department and getting their views on it rather than maybe allowing the manager to have the last say. Yeah, certainly. I think managers have certainly got to take sort of 
uh, instructions from the medical guys because they're the they're the experts at the end of the day. But of course, it was press press conference day, Scott, and the sort of lead sort of ones was that Roof's back and available in the squad. Uh, Ryan Jack's also back, available for selection. Lawrence is okay from midweek, so it looks as though Lawrence will maybe you know come on as a sub. Um, but Roof being back, I mean, how many false dawns have we had with? Kemar Roof. Um, we all appreciate that he's probably the best striker or finisher at the club, but this this he he comes on. I mean, I said it in the cup semi, I think, against Aberdeen where he scored. I says, "Oh, your last fifteen minutes," and I only joked. And sure enough, he did. He lasted fifteen minutes. But it's another. You know, that's one of our sort of potentially three number nines back in the in the squad, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Kamar Roof, we all know he's an enigma, isn't he? He's one of these players who we all say he's probably the best striker at Ibrox, but he's never had a chance to prove it because he's never been in the pitch long enough, you know, apart from one season. Listen, that's probably the reason we got him, because of the way he is, but hopefully between now and the end of the season, he gets minutes in the park, gets a few goals, and takes us to one in the league, and he can leave at the end of the season with a trophy and a medal in his pocket. As for Ryan Jack, hopefully the same with Ryan, hopefully he gets a few minutes. Can run the park, maybe gives in certain games, Lundstrom can have a rest, or Raskin can come back in and Lundstrom can have a rest as well, because they've got a lot of big games coming, especially the league, uh, which obviously is the one I want. Uh, so it's good to have in, having numbers there, and it's good to give guys maybe 10 minutes off in the game, I start somebody different and bring somebody else on. So that's good, that, but Ryan Jack's now one, Brian, who probably... Nobody here next season, I don't think he justifies getting a deal. And I don't really think we need him at this moment. I think the numbers are fine. We've gotten the only one out of a of contract uh, at the moment. I would probably push a boy out to keep. And I've been very critical in the past as Jordan just because he's, his forms turn night and day and he's essential to everything we're doing at the moment. So I think I rest him. Hopefully, get back fit. He helps towards the trophies that we want, especially the league. And he can leave this now on the face now. Couple of medals in my pocket. Absolutely. And before I come to anybody's uh, anybody's more comments, Charles, ten pound super chat. Absolutely magic. Appreciate that. Uh, Ryan Kent was a once was one season wonder. Davy Cooper had more skill in his wee toe. Three 0 tomorrow and three points is all that matters. And injuries and injuries just get on with it. Come on, the mighty Rangers. Yeah, I mean. It's it's hard to disagree with that, uh, Richie, isn't it? Which part? <laughs> the the the, the injuries? Are, yeah. So I think, no, well, no. I mean, I, I don't. Um, obviously, um, Davy Cooper's on a on on another level, but um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if Kent's quite a, a one season wonder, but he certainly, um, yeah, d- didn't possibly fulfil what he might have done. Um, while he was with us, so yeah, that sort of an, an element of disappointment around that for me. Um, and yeah, three 0 tomorrow, so we'd all we'd all take that in a heartbeat. And and at this stage of the season, it really um, it, it is the points that are all that matters. And we'll have moments where we're cursing the team or hiding behind the couch or or you know what whatever you're going to do or smashing up your phone and your your laptop. Um, <laughs> shout out for Lewis there. Um, but yeah, ultimately we just need uh, we just need the points, and and this is where where everyone talks about oh who's been involved in a um, title challenging campaign, and you know who knows what it's like the twists and the turns, and none of us quite know exactly what's going to happen. We've all got our ideas, but yeah, that's um, I, I can't disagree with the vast majority of it, and that's a yeah fantastic contribution, Charles. Absolutely, yes, I've much appreciated. Uh, what was I going to? There was something I was going to bring up. I should have started it and I forgot. Oh yes, Lewis. Roof scored the other night in four minutes. Roof is not done. Um, I can't remember how many minutes he got for the B team. Um, I believe it was about an hour, I think. But he scored again. He scored for the B team. Um, so at least, at least he hasn't quite forgotten where the where the goal is. Um, but we need. We need him to stay consistently fit now, don't we? There's no ifs or buts going into this last ten games of the season. I mean, it would be nice. 
Uh, it would be very nice, but I, I would not be counting any chickens on on Kamar Roof being fit because he's the type of player that he'll he'll go and score away in Benfica in the first half, and then in the second half he'll break his leg. That's just the, the type of career that he's had. And if that happens, I do sincerely apologise to Kamar Roof for for ending his career there. But um, <laughs> no, he's he's. A, I would even go as far to say he's the best striker in Scotland if he plays to to, to full fitness for a full year. I think he's he's, he's slightly superior to Kyogo in my opinion. I think he's got everything Kyogo has, and he's a better finisher. But if you look at his statistics for Rangers, you know this season he's got two goals in twelve games. But I think about three of the games are probably starts. And you look at that, if he had started 12 of the games, he'd probably have six goals at least. And it's just a shame. And that's it, probably why he's ended up spending so much his career at Rangers. Because if you speak to anybody that's a Leeds fan, you're like, he should have led us to the Premier League instead of Patrick Bamford, for example. And, and he's a Premier League quality footballer. There's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, how many times has he popped up in a Europa League Um but he's just he's unreliable. He's his contract is up, and there's just if we're not giving Ryan Jack another contract, there is no way that Kamar Roof gets another one. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, if they were both reliable players, then I think Lewis, I think everybody would agree they would both get new deals. But as you've just quite rightly said, they're both as reliable as a chocolate kettle, pretty much. You know, it's just. There's just no getting away from that. And it's, as you say, it's totally unfortunate. Uh, Cami K, member for 15 months, very much appreciated. Um, so we go on to obviously the press conference, uh, carrying on with that. And he's speaking about the playing minutes, Scott. And he was speaking about how, you know, he's looking at the players that he's got with the history of the players, obviously speaking about their injuries. But he always speaks to the players before the either the team selected or the reason why they're not playing, the reason why they're planned for so many minutes. That's just great management, isn't it? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As because he said for the start, like when it's a squad game, it's no, it's no, the first 11 is not going to win things for us. The score is going to win things for us. And I think Dessler said that as well. Somebody asked Dessler, will he start tomorrow? Or will Roof start and Dessler's like, well, either way, I know whatever, if I'm starting and if I come on, I've got to be ready because the manager tells you they're playing a part either way. Doesn't matter when you go on the field or go off the field, and, and he's got that drilled into them all. I think there's only maybe three or four, five at the most that play week in, week out most time, and obviously Butland, you get one strong goals in the tab, but the rest of them seem to swap about, rotate, don't they? There's not really be any other mainstays at this moment, at this moment in time. No, I would, I would actually add Redburn to that. and. I was kind of going to my mini command for him to set on there. I thought he was maybe not not in the like happy, but since Clement's come in, he's had it himself. It's been a change in mentality, a change in the way he's playing. Just a change in his demeanour, Brian Redburn. I think you can see in a part he's determined. He's first, I mean Clement said he's grown. And then he laughed and said, but not in not in himself, but he's grown. As he said, he can't really grow in because he's that wee. But I think it's just his overall footballing ability. I think he's very good going forward. He reads the game very well. Defensively, it was, all, it was everything we always looked at, and I think it was because he's height. Because up in Scotland, there's a lot of high balls, plays, as we know, most of it. They're going to pick on him and drift off the back of him, but he's countered that, did that really well. And he's very hard to get pushed off the ball one, one v one than Van Sawyer's, but he can turn defence into attack very, very quickly. So to me, I'm hopeful the manager uh, is coming out and saying this because. He's going to be one of these ones. He's going to be a mainstay in the team. Just like Lundstrom, Tav, Ghost. And I think we need to be settled at the back. You can keep Sutter there at the moment. I know Ballagam is a favourite, but John's going to back a game as well. So I think if you can keep the back four settled, obviously Butland stays in goals no matter what. And you can maybe rotate the rest in front of him, but you need somewhere settled, especially a back line, because we're not conceding a lot. We're performing really well, but that band to me has to play 
Bomber only coming into the team now if it's they get more injuries or it's a dead rubber. He doesn't start any game for me. I mean, speaking of Red Van Richie, the the res- I wouldn't say it's even a resurgence. I mean, I I liked him from the start. I, th- I just thought he didn't get enough time on the pitch. Um, but his energy, his willingness to go forward, um, he's not shy. He's not shy of having a shot. Um, just his general and his is is even even though he's only five foot eight, his his willingness to sort of go into tackles and you know I mean the first half for example against Kilmarnock he we had an awful first half Ridvan came on and all of a sudden the left the left hand side or sorry Kilmarnock's right hand side attack just sort of died a death because Ridvan came on and basically solidified that position yeah no absolutely absolutely Brian he's um the, the thing with his height and I, I get why there was sort of so much made of it but the thing is He's he's always well. He hasn't always been that high, but since well, since he's been playing football at you know professional level, he's always been in and around that height. So he's used to you know um, managing that and adapting. And his awareness and his positioning so good. I mean, there was um, there there are a couple of occasions there in in the second half on on Wednesday night where he's just he traps the ball so well, tracks the flight of the ball so well, and it's almost like he. He's used to doing that because he has to, because he doesn't, the, you know, m- most forward players that he comes up against are going to have a good few inches on him. I think that's that, that that's fair to say. And he's um, he, he manages that perfectly. And I think he just, he, he offers us um, a, a fair amount of defensive solidity, but so much going forward, you know, he, he, he contributes to the attacks. If you, if you have one, very progressive winger on one side and and a, a not so progressive winger on the other then you've just got a complete imbalance because on one side let's say when Bourne is playing on the left you, you everything's then just going through Lundstrom, Diamande, Lawrence before going up um into the forward players or onto the wing whereas Ridvan offers us another dimension and I, I think it, it looks like a resurgence but Honestly, it seemed to me. Look at the way Bale handled Fashion Sakala. We we know he had his favourites. Ridvan wasn't picked for the Euro squad. I know he got an injury at a bad time, but it looked to me like he was just being managed out the door by Bale, and um, yeah, he wasn't given an op- proper opportunity. So I think it's only it's not so much a resurgence, but he's actually just finally been given an opportunity to actually. Um, play his way into some form and show us what he's capable of. Because uh, I think um, it, it, you know, looking at particularly around the Euro squad and and just how he seemed to favour Borna, it, it does look that way to me. And we just you know, thankfully, Phil's got another idea on it. Um, and and yeah, just, it, I completely agree with um, with Kerr that I think Borna now can only play. Um, if a game's wrapped up at home, for example, or if we've literally got no other option, because you just um, there's the kind of the mentality question marks come up again and again, and it, it just when I, I don't want to be too disrespectful to him because you know he he's had a decent career overall with us, and people will forget that unfortunately, but but I think he has, but it's come to an end now. And um, when you watch him play, it just reminds you of those frustrating periods when you're watching Rangers sides, like the horseshoe stuff, slow build up, just looking really nervous every time he's on the ball. So um, it just brings all that back. So, yeah, hopefully we will only see him in kind of fleeting appearances now once games are wrapped up. And um, I just hope that Red Van can continue to show what he's been showing us uh, for the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. And Lewis, if you hadn't said pre pod about this subject i certainly wouldn't have lumped it on you but you kind of teed it up perfectly so <laughs> um borna barisic is is that the 45 minutes that put the nail in his coffin as far as being the number one choice rangers left back and more importantly staying on beyond the summer um i will unfortunately answer the the borna barisic question but just before we move on while i'm looking at it so see Kamar Roof, right, for reference in his time at Rangers, 
He's only started 32 league games in his full career at Rangers and he's contributed 29 goals in the 32 league games. I think he's made like another 30 substitute appearances. That just goes to show you if that guy had started games. I mean, you're talking about legendary yeah. numbers at Rangers. Uh, just while I had that up there. No, but listen, I know obviously I was a wee bit animated regarding Borna and... I think what he done against Kilmarnock was disgusting, and I think it's pathetic of, of any man of his age to act like that. And it's just it's systematic of what Borna Barisic is, and, and all the negativity and the weakness in his game. That's exactly what it is because he, he's a very one dimensional football player, and he worked in that system that Steven Gerrard had played that was just centered around him and Tavernier. And he's he's just he's he's not capable of playing in this team anymore. You know, like Richie said. Radvan Yilmaz is like a winger playing at fullback who can defend. He's he's so technically gifted, and I will be smug on this post podcast for till the day that we guy leaves us this football club because I defended them through thick and thin. I said that from the first half against Napoli and Naples before he got injured, he was our best player, and that's when I realised this boy's special. And he's still only twenty two years of age. You know, he came here. I think he's got ten tur- turkey caps. I don't think he's been capped since, but. He had a big pedigree coming here and he's so technically gifted. It gives you so much more dimension in your game because he's able to stick out wide and come in and play as a midfielder as well. And he's a far better defender. I don't know whether that's nonsense ever came for that Borna Barisic is a better defender than Ridvan because it is just simply not true. But listen, Borna deserves a good send-off. You know, he's given six years his career to Rangers and just looking at like his statistics, you know, he's had... Nine, seven, six, and ten goal involvements the last four years. That's really impressive for a fullback, and that's not including Europe, where some of his best games have came. And he's a guy that has almost forty Croatia caps as well. So let's not sit here and pretend that he was never a good footballer. It's just age is catching up with him, and and we don't play to suit his game anymore. So it's just time for for Borna to finish up and and Redvan to take his place. Yes, very much so. Um. He also spoke about the confidence in the squad, Kurt. You know, every training session is competitive. Uh, it's pleasing to see the four months that he's been there that not only has the they've raised their level, they've raised their level, but not only physically. So the manager in that four months has seen an improvement in the squad. Um, and I think uh, well, results results and games speak for themselves, don't they? It has. I think the big thing the manager did was install mentality. I think when you came in, that squad was that squad was broke. We all said that we were all thinking this season was written off already and it was only bloody November. We were all expecting the worst. We were expecting the about the league. The cuts were gonna come as well because the team wanted to perform well. We were getting beat at home. We didn't look like a football side, they looked like they didn't know each other. There's no confidence in the side, they didn't trust each other, there's nothing there. They, they looked like they were lost. And he's coming through the door and we all thought this is gonna take time and I'm not saying it's not finished because I think he's got a lot more to do to the team, but he's improved him so much in a very short space of time. Considering he's only been here since November, we would never have thought for a minute since he came in in November that we'd be sitting two points clear and still in every competition plus one the league cup. No chance in the older I thought that, but this is what he's done. And he's made that off his own back in a way because <laughs> we all want more. Do you know that? <laughs> but no, he's, he's done it so well considering the squad of players he had been. We all said ourselves, we were criticising these players a lot over the past couple of seasons for mentality, but that shifted, and some of the players are looking better for it. I mean, Tab was written off goals, and I think they were all written off at one point during the last, this season and probably last season to a point, and we thought, nah, they, they've shot, they, they go to places like Apatodre, they go up to Celtic Park, I better say Parkhead in case Wolves watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or they go to Easter Road or Ten Castle, and some of them didn't fancy it. Some of them retired, but not anymore. You seen that the other night, right up the part one, now down against Kilmarnock, who McInnes has got them playing a tee. They hold a good shape. They know they know what their jobs are. They do it very well. That's why they're sitting uh, fourth in the league, and they'll probably finish here as well. And it was a very hard game, and they were leading one 0 First half they weren't great, but I do even think he was balling and shouting. He just said to players. He's a bit on this. You can go out and win this. And we had a couple of tweaks at half time that Lewis has alluded to him myself and we brought in Ridvan and we brought I can't remember who else came on. Uh, I think it was Dessers and things just changed because the players are they know they're better and what they were. 
and you can see it, you can see everybody's game has improved. Yeah, there's still some mistakes here and there for some players at times, but they're only human, and that's what happens. But it's night and day to when he came in over this short period of time, and like I said, he's only going to get better, and it's probably a thing we don't want to see happening in a way, because it just makes him stand out, and then other teams start looking at him if their managers go, so we don't want that, but to be honest with you, I think he's happy here. I think all their players, I think Jack Butler's come out and spoke how happy he is here because a lot of people don't know. Yeah, we play in Scotland and the days and stuff like that, but it's not until you come to Rangers and play with the club and see the club and see the fans and having associated with it, realise how good a place it is to play football, how good a place it is to be associated with it. That's why you see guys like Newman still coming back, Alberts, the broad, because they all love their time here. And these guys do too, so hopefully they stay for longer and they don't have to leave, do you know what I mean? Because some performances over this past few weeks, Brian has been really, really good, but you can see they can get better. Yeah, yeah, there's always room for improvement. Uh, Richie, the manager mentioned mentality an awful lot. Um, I'll come on to that sort of topic now as Kerr was speaking about it. Um, there's certainly a talk or a, a, an opinion strongly in the Rangers fan base that if that game had happened on Wednesday, happened in the August or the September, we'd have lost that game easily. We'd never have come back from that 1-0 down. Um, but the managers installed this this sort of belief that I don't even think the fans at the game ever believed they were going to lose that game. That's a sort of shift in the mentality now. The fans believe they're going to, like, they can play badly, but they'll, they'll churn out a result effectively. Um, and I think that's, I think the players are, are starting to feed off the energy that the fans are giving them that, look, we know you're behind, but we're still behind you. Is that a, is that a fair sort of opinion? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the difference in, in atmosphere um, when I was last up for the Aberdeen game was, was quite noticeable from the, from the previous time. So um yeah, I think I think that's that, that that's a fair point. But I think the the most important part in all of this is the manager. I would say, and the, the in terms of leadership, you know, you've got he was talking about you know, asked about what he'd said at half time um, half time in the game, and you know, nobody will go into any details. But it was about kind of you know calmly reminding them what they're going to do. They've got their plan. Everybody knows what they're going to do. Um, I can't remember where I read. It might have been on a Heart and Hand article or podcast, but somebody was saying something about having various different um, permutations on the at the training ground. If such and such is happening, we're going to do this, this, this. These changes might be made if if this is happening, you know. And that it feels like when when you see him in um, in press conferences and interviews, it wouldn't at all surprise me if that's kind of the the way he goes about things. And ultimately, you know good leaders instill confidence in you know the people that they're leading um and and that's just grows and grows and you know clear messaging like lewis had said earlier on clear communication not only with the press but you know if he's communicating like that with fans and and the media you can imagine what his communications like with the players we, we see them um what he's doing around substitutions and speaking to everybody he seems to have a great relationship with with the squad and you know, all of these things feed into um, a general confidence and, and the notion that if things aren't quite going your way, then you'll find a way of, um, of making it work. You know, it's not like, and, and I think you're absolutely right. If that, if that game had played out anywhere around the Arsene Bale's reign, there's no, I mean, we would have, we, we'd have probably lost two or three nil in all honesty. There's just absolutely no way. And that the mentality point does get thrown about quite a lot when we when we've chucked in bad performances and you know maybe that's fair or maybe we we can't really tell exactly what a player's mentality is but um certainly now it looks a a good bit different and um and that's why i'm so confident that we're we're going to win the league yeah and i'll tell you what what a night it's been for super chats james stewart 20 pounds absolutely magic much appreciated. Uh, good work, Brian. 56 is on the way. Yes, it's well, mm -hmm, I'm keeping my yeah, I, we're, we're, 
we're hoping it's going that way, James. We're very much hoping it's going that way. But honestly, that's amazing. And Charles, two pound super chat. Richie talking a lot of sense, boss. There you go, Richie. You're a fan, and Charles. So had to have one eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but no, it's much appreciated, guys. And yes, Richie is the the what I would call the sensible head in the on the podcast. Very articulate in what he says. Uh, Dessa spoke today, Lewis, and he was saying that basically um, the team can either you know play ugly and win, or we'll play like we can against Hearts. The team, the team is, or the squad's got a lot of experience and players who can read games. Um, even that's a change now. I mean. Sort of players are admitting that even though they're not going to play well, they still believe they can win. Listen, I, I don't know who said that, but somebody in the group chat said that this is the best they've seen Rangers play um, from the Stephen Gerrard era onwards. And at first, first hearing, I, I, I kind of disagreed with it straight away because obviously it's natural to think of the 55 season. But we, we kind of had a, a very specific way of playing under Steven Gerrard, and if that didn't work, then we we didn't tend to get results. That's probably why we didn't succeed past you know the latter stages in the Europa League, for example. But under Clermont, it seems like we're, we've got so much variety in our play. Like Against Kilmarnock, if it wasn't working, we would just go along. We would ping it back to Goldson, and he would put a diag in, and it would cause Kilmarnock some trouble because... On that surface, and against a really, really impressive Kilmarnock team, like there was periods of that game where they were playing the ball about us, and sometimes we just had to go long. There is managers like the previous manager and possibly Gio as well that was too obsessed with perfect periods of play and trying to create the perfect goal. And when you don't have the, the Man City squad, that, that that is not what you need to do. You need to have variety. You need to have different ways of playing, especially when you're a team like Rangers who are fighting in all fronts. You know, we've already won one competition, we're left in three, and, and the gulf and competitions from, say, Livingston to Benfica is quite a gap, and you can't play the same way against both of them. You know, even if we play Benfica Ibrox, we can't go as gung-ho as we would play in Livingston Ibrox, so that's the challenge of being a Rangers manager, and you can see that, that he's got that in his locker, he is, and he's scared to say, listen, we didn't play well, but we got the win, and it's, it's very, very, very exciting to see a manager like that. It's different. I, th- I said that on one of the, the earlier pods, he is probably the best manager that I've had to see so far. You know, I, I'm, all, I'm only 20, 23, so I, I remember very short spells of Walter, but since Steven Gerrard, I think, come on, he's in a different class. He is a top, top, top manager, and like Ange before him, who got the move to Spurs, I would not be surprised if in a couple of seasons that man moves on to a, a much bigger club. Well, no bigger, but more money, um, let's say, for Clermont. But very, very exciting future. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Brian, you almost made that. You're on mute. Made it. Sorry, I completely forgot I was on mute there. Sorry. Oh, Terrible yellow card. I'll get. I'll even give myself a yellow card for that. There you go. There you go. But uh, so Scott, we obviously move on to the Motherwell game on the weekend. Uh, Motherwell beat came back one 0 down against Livingston at the weekend three ones or sorry midweek. So um, Motherwell, I would I would suggest that we should be looking at three points and tomorrow. Yeah, I think. Obviously, we should be beating Motherwell. I mean, no disrespect to Motherwell. I've watched them a few times this season. They're a hit and miss. Depends what Motherwell team turn up. Uh, they've got some decent players in their squad. But it just obviously depends. But we should be confident after last week's home performance against Hearts. We should be confident going out tomorrow and beating Motherwell. Uh, but we'll have to put a performance in, Brian, because it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You have to put a performance in. You just kind of turn up and expect your three points. But I think... 
you may rotate again tomorrow. I think there'll be, be a few players missing and they might start a few. I think Dessers will probably start. Uh, Silver probably won't. And I, I don't know who will put in the left-hand side. I don't know if maybe they could put Silver they could put Lawrence here. Or they could bring somebody else in. I'm not sure what he'll do on the left-hand side because Cortez is missing. Or they could maybe move McCausland over. I'm not sure what he's going to do. But I'm sure whoever starts tomorrow, Brian, We'll be confident of getting a few points. Listen, my is going to come. They're going to come and they're going to probably sit deep like they usually do and every time it is in the break. But we've seen it before for teams like that. We should, we should know what we're doing now. They've got, like Lewis has mentioned, we can play different ways. We can play long, we can play short. You know, he, he just his formation depending on who we're playing and what the situations are. I'm quite confident tomorrow. I think the, I think the fans are, like you said earlier, you know, you know yourself, Brian, sometimes at Ibrox, if it's still nothing each after, five, six minutes, there's groans. People start shouting after the first couple of maybe bad passes or somebody gives the ball away and another team get a, a break and they're up your end. People start shouting and it's like, I didn't hear that. I only heard that. I didn't hear that. Ross County, I didn't hear that. Aberdeen was the same. And I think we're confident under these players. I think we can see the mentality has changed. I think we can see they're giving everything and we know they're going to get a result, which is good. He's still get me wrong, still nervous. The other night I was walking up and down the living room constantly and I was getting on Marie's road and she's trying to paint the walls and I'm walking up and down, she told me to sit down, but it's just different, it's different this season. My son was going to sit here and say, at the end it will win everything because I'm all too old to say things like that. <laughs> I know things can change very quickly, so I'm just going to take it a game at a time, but I'm confident for tomorrow, I'm confident we'll get the three points and that'll be like he chopped off in the league. Sharpie, we go on mute just so that there's no background noise or there's everybody, we can, we can all hear who's speaking clearly. That's pretty much it. And uh, Shona's going to be your new mum, Lewis. She's old enough to be your mum, so Shona's putting her hand up for that. <laughs> the, um, but, I mean, looking at Motherwell, Richie, quickly, um, they beat, obviously, Livingston at the weekend, but the, 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 the games before that, they lost three out of the last four. Um, so you know they weren't before Livingston. They weren't on a great run, and you know, I know somebody said in the chat, Paul, that you know they're the third highest scoring team in the league. So you know, it, I would you would like to think the home advantage is going to count tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, I'd be supremely confident playing anybody at home at the moment. I think that they are capable of scoring. Um, but their their main weakness is at the back, and I think we can really exploit that. Um, yeah, I haven't been particularly impressed with Kelly this season, and I think um, yeah, I think we can really. Yeah, he, he doesn't um, doesn't come for corners. That hasn't looked assured at all, um, and they haven't really got a um, sort of big commanding centre half who I think can. Sort of steady the ship because I agree with Care. I think they're going to try and sit quite deep. I mean, we we've got a little bit of a blueprint because we can see what they did against Celtic um, last week, albeit that was at home for them. But um, I, I just can't see them posing too many problems to us tomorrow. But it it's in that spell of the season where you just um, you, you you don't want to take your eye off the ball on any of these fixtures because there's not you know. A, Three points um, at Rugby Park isn't worth more than three points at home to Motherwell, is it? So, you know, the, that's the old kind of cliche, but I'm pretty confident that I think we'll, we, we should win well. Um, and it's another opportunity to to put down a marker um, ahead of Celtic going to um, Tyne Castle in what I expect to be a difficult game for them on the Sunday. And then, of course, after this fixture, it's going to flip around because we're still in Europe. So um, we've got we've got another chance here to, to mount the pressure on and then we might start feeling it for a few weeks potentially. But... Um, I mean, I've I've bored people with my projections in in some of my group chats, but I actually think we'll be at least five points, probably seven clear on the evening of the next old firm. So I'm not I'm not too worried about them putting any pressure on. <laughs> but Karen Lewis are going to uh, 
jump jump into the screen in a minute and kill me. I've I've got a mark on my back now if anything goes wrong. But that's just how I feel. Um, so yeah, Motherwell and they, and of course they had the result against Green at Morton as well. They've yeah they, they've not had a great season. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to the game, confident. But yeah, you've still got a, this this stage of the season. We're, we're in a title fight. Um, you're going to be a bit nervous, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Lewis, you know, Motherwell are sitting eighth in the league, as Richie said. They've not a, not had a, a a very good season, considering you know Motherwell are they're behind sort of Dundee and sort of St Mirren, you know, sort of and Kilmarnock even you could argue sort of. But um, it's it's the sort of game if it wasn't for the, who who the man who our manager was and how we're playing. Um, this is a sort of another game at home that you would be sort of looking at because I think it was last season that we were two 0 up against Motherwell and they came back and drew two two. So you know it's it, in seasons before it's a game that you would sort of look at as a half potential banana skin. But again, as we've all said here tonight, that's not the case now, is it? Well, you know, I definitely don't share Richie's uh, optimism. <laughs> Um, I would absolutely love us to be seven points at the next old firm, but unfortunately, I am not that optimistic. However, I think people they they do need to quell that their fear of us beginning to lose games in this league because we've conceded fourteen goals all season, and I would probably put you know my money where my mouth is and say at least ten of them were under Michael Beale. So in the last 20 games, you know, or 20, 22, 23, whatever it is under Clement, we've maybe conceded four goals. And Motherwell, whilst they probably will maybe get a goal tomorrow because they, they are a, a very good team going forward. You know, Blair Spittles on like 13 goal involvements. I think Theo Bell's no far off um, double goals as well. Um, but they concede for fun as well. So I, I would like to think that we maybe put four or five past Motherwell if, if we're on our game tomorrow, but I wouldn't be surprised that if they got a goal as well. And, you know, see just a, like a general term on Rangers' form, I don't think people are actually realising it. I'll, I'll try and make this as simple as I can because, you know, I don't want to be made out to be a you know a keyboard manager, um, but Rangers are actually the second best performing team in Europe right now since... You know, Clements come in. I think this this is over a period of the last twenty games in the top fifteen leagues in Europe. Only PSV Eindhoven, who are totally undefeated by the way, are above Rangers in terms of form. And I think there's only four or five other teams in Europe that have scored more goals than us. And you know that is that is absolutely phenomenal when you consider where we were and and where we are now. And you know, I think the scary thing with that is Benfica's fourth on that list. And listen, everybody's talking about how bad their season Celtic are having. Celtic are tenth. You know, it, it, it's going to be very difficult to, to amass a, a seven-point leader over over Celtic. They are still a, a top outfit in the grand scheme of things. But for tomorrow, I would like to think we will get past Motherwell very comfortably. Charles, she, Charles shares your sort of... Uh... Calmness, Lewis, he thinks hearts are going to get beat by two or three. Two pounds super chat again, Charles, much appreciated. Um, yeah, he's he's sharing your lack of enthusiasm for other teams to get points off them. So he's he's calling it two one. Well, sell hearts to lose by two or three. Of course, then straight after that, Lewis, we go diving in back into the Europa League campaign. Uh, we've got Benfica away. Benfica are obviously doing very well in the Portuguese league. I think they're maybe a couple of points ahead of Sporting. With Sporting, I think I've got a game in hand. Mm -hmm. um, but again, this is this Benfica team a totally different outfit from the one we beat the last time? Um, I actually think this Benfica team might not be as as um, as good as the team that we faced. You know, the, the Benfica team we faced had a lot of players that have have went on a. You know, for example, Darwin Nunez has ended up at Liverpool. There aren't any massive, massive names at Benfica, but it's one of the best academies in the world. You know, they regularly sell youth prospects for for fifty mil, million plus, and there's a reason for that. But I think there's also a reason why Portuguese teams don't have a, a great record against Rangers, and it, it's the Ibrox, and it, Ibrox will, will do its magic. I, I think we will beat Benfica at home. 
it just depends what happens in Portugal and with the injuries piling up, it, it's going to be very difficult. But listen, Benfica, like you said, there's only two points ahead of Sporting and Sporting have a game in hand and Sporting have actually just beat them in the cup. So they've got a title race on their hands as well and, and so do we. So it's going to be a very, very exciting tie. I think if we manage to get a draw or even sneak a 1-0 away, I think the tie's ours because I, I don't think they'll beat us at Ibrox. Richie, do you share that optimism? Um, I'm, I, I was trying to remember all the sort of players they had, and of course, Lewis mentioned they were Nunes is at you know Liverpool now. Excuse me, I appreciate the signed Di Maria recently, but obviously he's mid thirties now, and he's not as not as sharp and as quick as he used to be, Richie. But I mean, certainly he would still be mar- well earmarked as a danger man for them. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and they've got a fair few of them. That that's fair to say. I think that they were one of maybe, yeah, two possibly three teams that I didn't particularly want to face. Um, given that we were, you know, we could only face the teams that had been successful in the playoff round. Um, but that said, um, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with Lewis in so much as I think we can beat them at Ibrox. Um, a draw in the opening leg would be perfect for me. Even you see, if we were to go, um, if we were to bring a sort of one nil defeat, I'm, I'm not trying to talk us into losing the first leg, but I, I wouldn't think it was it was over in those scenarios either. I've, I've just got a slight um, slight bit of, of pessimism around you. Know, maybe if if they were to score the opening goal and then yeah maybe they've got a spell where the tails are up they could do some damage it, but that's just football isn't it there, there might there'll be there'll be a few hairy moments that's for sure um but a really exciting tie and um I, I'd, yeah it's just got a little bit of a a feeling that we yeah we've, we've got another we've obviously got a great relationship with this competition in recent years um it, it looks a little bit stronger than when we were last involved um but that said i think yeah i don't think we they're probably marginal favorites but that's all you would say you you wouldn't it wouldn't be any nobody would be calling a huge shock if 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 we're to turn them over um yeah and and i feel confidence probably the wrong word but I'm, i'm looking forward to it and i think we've got every chance i think that's fair to say rather than saying that i'm confident i think we've got every chance if we play well um, of doing something, and yeah, there's the ties you look forward to, aren't they? Hundred percent, they are. And Scott, um, as Lewis says, um, you know that that home tie against Benfica, it it just seems to leak out a lot of teams when they come on a Thursday night to Ibrox. The noise under the lights, um, a lot of just teams just don't like it, do they? I don't blame. I think. The last few games, Ibrox has been a good atmosphere, to be honest with you. I think yeah. the fans have been playing their part as well. And everybody's, I mean, people around me who didn't usually think they all started to join in and stuff like that. So I think it's good. I think optimism is in the stadium this season. I think we can see it. Like, I know we usually love synergy. Come on, Danny. And I think that's basically that. I think the fans and the players are responding to each other. And it's good to see because we can see something happening. They can see something happening. And we all hope we get a, a, a happy ending to end it. As I'm looking forward to Benfica game, I'm not going to sit here and say, if they get beat or bore me, probably not, because I'm not saying that in a bad sense. I, I want the league. I want the league first and foremost before anything else. A European one's great, but the European Europe League is a lot stronger this year. And we know Liverpool are still on it, and I don't, I don't want to play them again. I detest Liverpool, but I don't want to play them again, man. <laughs> that, that was nightmare stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I've told us that it doesn't matter if they play their 11 strongest and 11 for the academy, they still seem to get a result. But no, I'm looking forward to it, I think. If we play well, I think we've got a chance of going through. But also, I think if Benfica play well, they've got a chance of going through. I think the teams are quite evenly matched. To be honest with you, I think there's not, like we say, there's not a lot between the teams. And we come to a marginal error or who takes their chances on the night, or it could be a VAR decision, who knows. But I'm looking forward to the games. I just hope we get a decent result away from home. Even like Rich just said, I wouldn't have bothered if it was 1-0 or 2-1 because I think we can come back to that or even a draw. If, if we get a win, that would be great. Listen, we're way to bet us. 
who they were my favourites at all. They, they were on our own and performed really well, yeah. And we've been to the stadium of light before, so we know what we know what's going to happen, we know what's about, and the players, some of the players are still there, so we'll be comfortable with that. I'm looking forward to the tie. My bank wasn't looking forward to the price coming out, but I'm looking forward to the tie. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, Brian, see before before you move on, do, do you know what I think it is regarding Europe, right? I think, you know, Benfica are a better side than Rangers. They they, they, they always will be, probably for the next foreseeable, just due to finances, and that would have been the same for the last 10 years. But I don't want to sit here and, and put Rangers down in the sense that we can't match a team like Benfica, technically, because you know what, why I think we got some of the results that we get? Because teams like Borussia Dortmund and Leipzig and Braga, they come to Ibrox and they expect a fight and then they're shocked when we actually play it about them because Rangers are the type of club that, you know, Todd Cantwell is somebody that would be more than good enough to play for Benfica throughout his career. But he's had a, you know, a bit of a bad spell. His career's not went the way it's went and he's came here. And I think that's why we succeed in Europe because people come here and they, they call us fighters and that we're dogged and we're going to sit in and that might have been what it was like under Walter, but... Like Richie said, we've got a tremendous relationship with this competition. We are one of the best performing teams in this competition, uh, competition for the last five years. And there's absolutely no, no, no reason why we can't go in and put out a team like Benfica. And I hate this mentality of, like, it's the league. I understand that. The league is is important and it's, it's number one in terms of importance. But at Rangers, you need, to, you need to expect to win everything. And that is including the Europa League. Because at the end of the day, we don't even want to be in this competition. We want to be in the Champions League. So these are the type of fixtures that really get me as a young Rangers fan excited. Because we've actually been a very good uh, European outfit in my time watching Rangers. So it would be nice to see us go through this tie at least. Well, well sorry, Brian. Well, it's just you being in the Champions League. Obviously, to me, all day that... We've been decent in Europe the last few seasons, but our coefficients are high. It's almost a high because we've not played in the Champions League. And if we played in the Champions League every season, we'd have nowhere near what we've got just now. And that's the reason we've got that, because it's the Europa League. And obviously, that was a going for Rangers fan, but you say it's a false storm because if it should be the Champions League, Europa League's not the competition you really want to be in. Well, if that was fair, Sorry, Brian, see if that was a fair Celtic fan here, that'd be really funny, because they can't even perform in the three competitions in Europe, so... <laughs> but, I mean, it's... Actually, it's... I oh, But, I mean, it's funny you say, say that, because um, there was... I can't remember who it was. It was a pundit or somebody, or... I can't remember where I've seen it, and they actually said, I'll take it to you, Richie, that Europa League's actually more exciting now than the Champions League, because purely the teams that are in it, and it's not the usual suspects. You never quite know who's going to win Europa League. Um, whereas the Champions League, you pretty much predict the semi-finalist before, you know, a ball's kicked. Yeah, no, I think that, that's it's certainly more exciting to me. Um, and I think it's a really strong competition. Um, anybody that's throwing sour grapes at, you know, at a team of, um, yeah, I'm not going to say our size, because we're, we're as big as anyone, but of our financial um, structure, doing what we've done is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I don't think that we get sufficient credit for that. It might have been different had we won. But, like, honestly, if, if you, like, Lewis mentioned Benfica, but if you look at the budgets of the, the teams that we're playing with, um it's it's night and day. So um, yeah, I'm not going to accept anybody suggesting that it's an inferior competition. Um, yeah, the Champions League's just a a club for a um, a competition for a certain set of clubs. I, I barely, genuinely, and like I, I I'll watch almost anything. Um, I barely Champions League nights. I'll I'll look to see if there's a league game on. I'll I'll watch something from the Championship. I'll watch something. You know. I genuinely, I've just got no interest in it now at all. You see some of the ties in the group stage are an absolute farce now, and then they're changing the competition. D don't get me wrong, I was delighted to be involved in it initially, um, not so much as it was going on. Um, but no, I think that the way football's going, you, know, you, you, you need to just sort of, you, you look at, certain competitions and, and you think that that's that, that they're not attainable um at all there's you know there's three or four teams that can potentially challenge in 
in these elite competitions. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, if, if somebody can't get any coefficient points from attempting to challenge in the Champions League, then yeah, that's not our concern. Sorry, Brian, I know what we're over the time, right? I promise this is no my worries. last point, but it, it just it came <laughs> into my head, right? So see the, 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 the financial talk? You need to take that with a pinch of salt with Rangers because we are in the SPL, right? So, for example, if Todd Cantwell plays out his skin and ends up with 20 goal involvement at the age of 25, we are probably looking at £15 million for him, right? But that's because of how low our domestic game is valued. If Todd Cantwell had done that for Benfica, he would be upwards of 30 million, 40 million. So an example that I seen was when we drew one all with Porto and Porto's ground. Luis Diaz scored an absolute screamer because Porto couldn't touch us. We would dominated the game and he scored an absolute screamer. And I think two seasons later, he's away to Liverpool for 50 million pounds. Yeah, Alfredo Morelos scored 11 goals in Europa League that season. And I think we had a 15 million pound bid collapse from Lille. Did you know, that's, that's the type of things we need to deal with. What would I... We're a, a Manchester United level football club with, you know, a, an, English, an English championship, mid-table English championship financial budget. And that's a difficulty of being at Rangers. But, you know, we've got a really special connection with, a, with this competition. And I would like to see that continue. 100%. 100%. So I suppose it's uh, prediction times. Um, it's Rangers' mother well tomorrow at home, Scott. So are we... Score prediction and a first goal scorer. Going for four one, Brian. Four one, and my first goal scorer is going to be Dessers. Nice one, Cyril. Absolutely, yes, Richie. Um, <clears throat> we'll go four nothing to have penalty to open proceedings. Just to really send them over the edge, a penalty for Rangers, uh, Lewis. Um, I'll go for a, a 4-1 as well and Tom Lawrence to, to score for the second consecutive game. Very nice. I'll go... What did you say, Richie? 4 nothing. Uh, I'll join you in that, actually. I'll go 4 nil, and I'll see Fabio Silva. Try and pick somebody different. I would have would loved to have picked Cortez, but obviously he can't play now, so... but. That's the way it is. Paul, his 3-0, Dessers, Diamonde and Goldson. Well, I don't know when the last time Goldson scored. It's been a fair while, wasn't it? We were speaking about that in midweek, actually. But there we go, folks. That's your preview for the Motherwell, the press conference, and we had a little bit of Benfica chat thrown in there as well. But my thanks to Scott, Richie and Lewis for joining me tonight. Much appreciated, guys. Much appreciated to all the people that put in the Super Chats. Uh, you know, the, the Charles, and I'll actually have to get them all up. Hold on. We had James Stewart, we had Charles, and we had Kami, was a member for 15 months. So there we go. Um, but I hope you all have a good weekend. Enjoy the game if you're going tomorrow. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a build up and a reaction for the Motherwell game. So join us then. I think it'll be about quarter past two, two o'clock start to, for the pre match. So thanks again. And we shall see you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>